0: Andrew Adams and this is don't you dare talk to me and today don't you dare talk to me about art because we have a very special guest on the show today that's Ross Hayes welcome to the show Ross
1: hello how are you
0: doing well man this is yeah after many threats of putting Ross in a uh, saw-like contraption he finally agreed to come on the show and talk about his career in art
1: well, so. I go through the guts and figured out how to get the key. So,
0: so <laughs> See, I just had, I had this like, so like a cell phone onto your stomach. And I feel like that just was too far at to a point. But finally, I'm really glad that you were agreed to come on the show, man. Um, so yeah, this is like, I, this...
1: it's, uh, it's an honor. I've never actually, I did radio back in high school. So oh, yeah. I'm used to, I, I like the format. Um, well, this is uh, I don't know, cat. Yeah, here, sorry. I have my cat on my lap. He's attacked me. Get yeah, cats. So, cats. Uh, I yeah, I'm a big eater of podcasts, so to make one is kind of fun to see how the sausage is made.
0: Yeah, man. Even though the it's it's a very underwhelming experience, um, we have very low <laughs> rent sausage here. <laughs> anyway, man, today, uh, listener, we're just gonna be. chit-chatting about art and because i don't know man i'm such a big fan of ross's like i've I've followed him on instagram and looked at all his stuff and stalked the hell out of him for quite some time so it's really cool to finally meet someone that's a celebrity to me in a way that's Um, crazy (laughs) amen to each to each his own i guess but yeah
1: no i mean i just i just do i don't know i you know it's not really i wish there was a grand scheme but there isn't
0: I feel you. So, how long have you been doing art? Have you like ever since you were like a wee tot or oh, were you Oh yeah, like,
1: like as soon as I could hold a hold a crayon. I I think the first memory I have of drawing is probably like 3. Okay. Years
0: old. So you were like fresh out of the womb, you already had like the smock and everything on. You were already yeah. getting getting ready for it, getting yeah, ready for the a, big career.
1: That's pretty cool, child, man. My my like primo gift was a big ream of printer paper. Oh. That's like my parents would just give me that, and I was occupied.
0: I mean, that's the greatest part, especially when you have like a big sheet of blank paper. I remember as a kid, I wasted so much of my parents' printer paper just like drawing and stuff. But yeah, um, so like for your work, man, have you, were you like traditionally or contemporarily trained or anything, or is it just all natural talent?
1: Um, so I just picked it up regular, like just on my own. Mm-hmm. Um. I had an aunt who was an art teacher and an artist her whole life, That's well, my whole life. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's a lot older, so I don't know the details, but she always encouraged and would teach me a little bit, kind of give me pointers, proportions, and her whole art teacher thing. And then uh, it was just fostered. My parents were really supportive of it. They liked that I liked doing it. I liked yeah. doing it because I was just kind of good at it, um and so from there i you know the i was the art kid in school just uh-huh. kind of what what i did and then i went to the state university of new york at new paltz oh wow um and studied i actually got my bfa in metalsmithing. okay which You're is definitely. like a weird like jewelry sculpture sort of feel
0: yeah, that was actually, I was going to ask you that too. So apart from, um, you know, just like drawing and everything, like, is there any other like mediums that you like to, you know, kind of do on the regular?
1: Um, for me right now has been kind of become illustration. Okay. So, um, I had a time where I was doing a lot of carpentry. I would do, I did some like furniture making and, uh, Metal sculpture, mostly in the form of like jewelry okay. and um, kind of like sculptural objects. I kind of had know? this phase where I went through making like sort of creative artifacts, if you could call them that.
0: Yeah.
1: These weird things that would kind of have their own life and a story to them.
0: So kind of like kind of like creating something out of a story and kind of like sculpting it to life Um, and then being like, you know, having having its own little fantasy story behind it. Yeah.
1: Yeah, basically.
0: Right on. I like that, man. Did you ever have you? This is kind of out there, but have you ever done like glass blowing?
1: No, that was that was one thing I didn't touch on. Yeah, I watched it. It's super cool, but it's just like you only have so many hours in your
0: life yeah exactly i thought like I've, I've known people that have done it and i was just like hmm, that would be interesting and then i like st- stood near the furnace i was like wow this is terrifying you have to
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> you
0: literally um, have to I, like be in the I
1: fire was lucky enough that i had teachers that uh, did blacksmithing courses at school oh yeah and that was probably one of the coolest things ever.
0: so for like the classes of blacksmithing and stuff like that what was kind of the stuff that you saw to get like what did you see them uh make and stuff
1: Uh, A lot of it was like traditional craft technique, like how to move the metal or how to conceive the forms because uh, like iron and clay move exactly the same way. Just one has to be unbearably hot. (laughs) So it's really, really cool. Once you like start smushing it, it actually takes on these really organic forms that you don't think of. And like the texture of the hammer, changes all of it and how hot you're working it's really cool
0: yeah man i can definitely get down with that so like from for just kind of talking about like your inspirations and everything with your art do you have like a particular yeah. artist that you kind of like if, whether they're dead or alive yeah you
1: know, um or, do you know jeff darrow i'm not familiar now he's done do you know rusty the boy robot and big guy
0: yes yes
1: he did the original comic book art for that okay he did shaolin cowboy um he did a uh have you ever seen hard Boiled? yes that was frank miller working with jeff darrow so he does that Ooh. super tight detail okay. stuff. So,
0: yeah because um, definitely frank miller he's one of the more like kind of gritty almost like scribbly type deal um when it comes to his
1: I, art not a, not my favorite part yeah I, mean, favorite. I i i know that he's good and i have I can see that, but he's just, they doesn't do it for me. Yeah. Um, which, you know, it's fine. Uh, like, I tried, someone gave me a Ronin, the one he did, and yeah. I just couldn't, I couldn't follow it. I just, it was too much.
0: Yeah, man, especially when it comes to his work, like, it's, uh, you see a lot of highs and a lot of lows, because, um, like, a lot of it was just, like, you had Sin City, that was, like, kind of the height of his career, um, yeah. and then, like, you know, the Dark Knight Returns series, but then that that literally just tanked as it went on, so... Like, both art-wise uh, and story-wise. I
1: like it in, in its entirety. I do like The Dark Knight Returns.
0: Well, do you mean, like, when it, like, the other ones, what was it, like, Strikes Back and everything else?
1: Oh, no, no. I mean, like, a single standalone, like, I, I bought it as the graphic novel. Yeah. That's the only way I've ever ingested it. So, like, that, I mean, it's a, it's a great story.
0: Yeah, I agree. It's, that's probably, like, the only one. But, I mean, like, the whole run of, like, the quote-unquote Dark Knight, I feel like that's just...
1: Oh, I don't know. To me,
0: to me, like returns was like the height for that whole series, and then it just went like off the fucking rails. Yeah. Um. But anyway, I, mean, I feel like we're getting off topic here. I don't know how many people listen that oh. are like, um, that are uh. like into comics. If they are, cool. right on, man. <laughs> so anyway, but speaking of such, man, your style is definitely it echoes like a lot of those like uh, comics and graphic novels and stuff like that. And you yeah. even have one which is Otaksa Eye of the Universe that you have on sale
1: yeah Uh-oh. so yeah, tell me about that so,
0: a little bit
1: all right so i went so when i was in college one of my best friends his name is christopher dugan and he is the writer mm-hmm. and uh he just approached me one day and is like i've got this kind of fun idea do you want to do a comic and i was like sure so the whole the whole idea was that there is this the, the main character is uh named Otoxa and he mm-hmm. He is a wizard that has a basically a magical glass eye that imbues him with, uh, like sort of. I don't. We didn't even flesh it out. It was just sort of. It it does things. Yeah. It keeps him alive. It thing and uh, where we wanted to go was that this is set in the far future, but mm-hmm. so far that everything we know has collapsed and it's artifacts that are found okay so we're basically like iron age people encountering high technology artifacts and what's the difference between technology and magic
0: no exactly so and i I like that so you're talking like post post apocalypse like post uh, like post apocalypse happened yeah
1: like like, uh rediscovering the bronze age okay yeah man because the I had uh-huh. a fun idea that I wanted to call it was the aluminum age. Oh yeah? Sort of like that, playing off the whole history, but then, I don't know if you know this, but aluminum can't be produced without electricity. Oh, I didn't. So there's there's no aluminum in the past, except for like tiny little bits where they found it. So it's kind of this post-industrial world after everything collapses and all we have left are, are scraps.
0: Okay. So for that, like, so when it comes to your work, um, whether it be like illustration today or just kind of moving forward, do you gravitate towards more of like sci-fi or more of like a fantasy type deal?
1: Uh, I'm really digging deep into historically inspired fantasy.
0: Okay, so something that has like a bit of a a, a bit of a base in reality.
1: Yeah, I like that. Like, I'm really into costume and texture and just like sort of those humble things that really ground a universe when you're, like, experiencing it. Yeah. I feel like, yeah. The simple things that make up the day-to-day that not everyone always realizes, but that kind of really give it a sense of reality.
0: Yeah, I dig that, man. Plus, too, when you get fantasy, there's a little more of, like, there's more, like, rules to it. Because with sci-fi, they're just like, oh, yeah, we can do literally whatever we want because it's the future. Yeah. (laughs) So i like that man but back to otoxa real quick sure the sacred heart so just kind of reading through because i was um i kind of like read through the and like the first book just kind of takes place in that more spiritual realm and then if you if you were given the opportunity to do book two because you kind of end book one with him coming out of that more um kind of spiritual realm and getting back on the road what would be like what would you say book two would look like
1: um ideally we wanted like short adventure or monster of the week sort of things until we okay. have like a full arc going. So kind of like run across a village and an encounter happens and you know, a very simple like this and then this and then this sort of a format. Okay. I always wanted it, I always wanted him to be very bad at fighting and kind of lucking his way into anything happening. <laughs> Like, and you mean, ideally, mean the, yeah. my I, ideal was that I wanted him to have a lethal injury at the end of every issue, and that whole cycle of him coming back to life, it happens every time.
0: Yeah, man, because I really liked what you did there with that, because at the end, he literally has, like, his heart ripped out, essentially. Like, he has that big old gash, and I was just like, this dude's still alive. I need to know how he's still alive, so... Yeah.
1: So the idea was that he basically, uh, like the premise, the deep premise is that the, his eye is basically just a, like an augmented supercomputer nanobot technology thing.
0: Okay, so that's where you're kind of tiptoeing between, um, like between sci-fi and fantasy, kind of meshing those two worlds yeah, together.
1: Where the, yeah, where the fantasy meets the, the high technology sort of thing.
0: I love that dude. That's really cool. Um, all right. So just kind of keeping it moving here. So you, you have a lot of stuff online. You have a lot of cool shit online for purchase and I'm not just trying to, I'm not just trying to like, like promote that or whatever, but on public, you have a lot of cool stuff on there. How long have you been doing that?
1: That one I've been playing with that for about two years. Okay. And I sort of, I go through fits and spurts when I get like a bunch of images that I like, I'll, I'll dump them.
0: Yeah, man. But because you have a, you have a good set on there from just okay. like from some of the illustrations that I saw on your um
1: Sadly my Boba Fett got taken down by Disney. Really? I had a Boba Fett uh illustration and I guess No, I know. Yeah, I the think I know. The characters that, were were like the the smaller bounty hunters didn't seem to get noticed, but the big ones did.
0: So, have you ever run into any like apart from that have you run to any other snags with um, you know, any like copyright infringement or anything like that? No, unintentionally. No, I,
1: no I haven't that's you know that's the first time so I was really surprised and kind of bummed but that one wasn't selling great so it's no big deal
0: dang Disney and the one that you're talking about it's like the one that kind of has the big plume on the Boba Fett like the Yeah. yeah, yeah dude yeah man I really like that's the one thing I like about your style and a lot of other artists too of how they're able to take like they take a property and they kind of put their own spin on it because you see too many times where people are just like Oh yeah, I'm just gonna like copy and paste, you know, the exact same thing. But like having that unique style to it is always what kind of draws me to those types of artists. So I'm
1: definitely. so honored that you remember the the plume on the helmet. It's funny.
0: Yeah, dude. I mean, that's one of like that's what I'm talking about. You have such a unique style; yeah. it really resonates with me. Um, um, but anyway,
1: <laughs> on a on a side note, just like in that vein of taking your own riff, one of my favorite art forms that I think is lost now. Yeah, is video game cover art.
0: Dude, for sure.
1: Because, all right, picture like the how did people illustrate Centipede? That's a good point. It's like, crazy. Like, the old, like, these crazy abstract video games that where you had basically 8 bit graphics to illustrate everything. And then they're like, we need an oil painting for the cover
0: yeah and then they just kind of like but nowadays it's literally like you know guy with gun on cover like it's yeah. it, it's literally all you get but in, I, you, I, from
1: I the back in silhouette looking to the right it's almost-
0: <laughs> probably the last one that i saw that was the it was like the doom 2016 where they put out like the they're like here vote on what kind of cover art you want it's like the really minimalistic like demon head or the one like crazy over the top like you know portrait of him fighting all these demons and they're just Everyone like, let's go with the minimalistic. That. Oh. Like, that's so stupid, man. Speaking of uh video game cover art, do you know you might know the one I'm talking about where like there is the ones with like um like centipede and kind of like snake and everything where they had to paint that. But then you get the ones that re- kind of miss the mark, uh like the Mega Man one. That one it's is literally-
1: one of my absolute favorites. You like I that I love the Mega <laughs> Man. I love well okay just picture before that. There was no sense of what Mega Man was. That was no. someone's like complete idea on their own of like, he's a robot and his hand is a gun, but he's also a person.
0: But like all of them, they ran with it. Cause he's in like, he's in like the, the full like leotard, I guess. And then he's just yeah. kind of like, has the, like the weird looking face with the big lips. Um, I feel like I'm not doing a good job describing this, but listener, look up just mega, like Mega Man one cover art. And you'll know, you'll know exactly what we're talking about. <laughs>
1: yeah oh man and Stuff what? like that i mean before the look was canon yeah was, you know you had uh you had artists inventing this which was actually now i need to just look it up myself
0: yeah just kind of refresh because there's like there's a lot of activity in that picture if i remember right because he's he's kind of in like the bottom right and he's like pointing his his blaster or whatever i don't even th- i think they even had it to where he didn't have a gun arm in one of them
1: yeah, okay, um, the one I'm looking at, he's just got, like, uh,
0: like a laser pistol yeah, or He's whatever.
1: got a little gun, he's got this yellow, like, V-shaped jumper on and knee pads, and then there's just, like, oh, uh, it's, it's beautiful because it's so terrible. Yeah, I know, it kind of adds,
0: like, this whole other, like, you know, uniqueness to it, because then when you play the game, you only have, like, the 8-bit character, and then you're trying yeah. to, like, fit of what you're seeing. Like imagine being back then of getting that on like the NES and just being like, well, this is cool. And then just like, you know, picturing that guy as your Mega Man. <laughs> I
1: don't know. I'm I'm 34, so I had that on the old NES. Really? And as a little kid playing it. And it was just, I don't know. It felt just as real then. Like right now I'm deep in ghost of Shusima. Yeah, yeah. And when I was a little kid, Mario was just as realistic.
0: Yeah, it was just coming out. Well, that was that was like, you know, kind of like age changing for its time, just with like, you know, not only the simplicity of it, but there was like a lot of like, you know, colorful backgrounds and everything with like the limited color palette that they were able to use back then. Yeah, man, that is definitely a lost art form. I never even thought to bring that up while we're on the topic. Is there any others um, that you recall apart from like kind of like in the same vein of like what we were talking about with Mega Man? Is there any others that you can kind of think of that you want to bring up that kind of have that like? that ugly uniqueness to them
1: (laughs) uh man i don't know well so like the metal gear solid ones were also cool because you didn't have a lot to go off of except for like i think they reused the predator movie cover movie poster pose yeah
0: Yeah. man they did that and it was um it was actually um what was it sean bean they modeled him on like uh yeah dude from uh terminator yeah so yeah just seeing like the original like if it was like the um the first Terminator when they, he's like in the future or whatever, doing like the future soldier stuff. Yeah. And he's like doing like holding his gun like that. It's it's literally, it looks exactly like Sean Bean, but oh man.
1: Don't get me started on Terminator. It's, one of, it's what I think is one of the perfect films. Really? Yes. I Honestly,
0: I'm agree with you there. Just because of the fact that like, well, not only is Terminator 1 like, you know, like an all-time classic, but you have like the only good sequel to see come out of that, of Terminator 2. Yeah. Like they everyone is always like, you know, because we talk about I talk a lot about movies on this podcast. um, But just like, you know, with that, that's probably like one of the only good sequels that I can think of, you know. But well,
1: it, it it's not even a, it's not it's a sci fi horror, which I think is really hard to pull off. Right. Because watching it, I watch anytime it's on TV. Yeah, I will watch it. I will sit down and watch it. And when I really think about the Terminator, it is terrifying. Yeah. The six foot tall metal skeleton terrifies me.
0: See, the one thing that I really liked about that that kind of had like a bit of like, you know, grotesqueness to it was the fact that like, not only was he like a six foot tall robot man that could kill anyone, but he was also in like a rotting flesh suit. Yes. Like by the end of the movie, he's literally like rotting and he has flies on him. Yeah. So. That's, a, that was the thing is cause that- like,
1: well, So I always wondered where did the calories come from that kept the body suit alive? Uh,
0: in my opinion, I don't think it, I think it was just, it came out of the factory as was, and then it, it started decomposing like a regular body would. Cause yeah. like, how do you keep blood flow and everything? You know?
1: Uh, yeah, I don't know. Is it just like, is the whole, is the skin itself self-contained? Is there like a fat reserve inside? Is there like a jar of baby food in there? Like, <laughs> I don't know.
0: Yeah, you see on the Terminator, he has, like, Gerber's attached to his hip, and he's just, like, in a little tube Wait, there.
1: They're all on the inside, I guess. <laughs> I actually asked the question on, on Reddit once, and it was, uh, the meat soup, does it provide anything, or is it just a long the yeah. ride? Like, does the actual muscle help, you know, Arnold flex his arm more, or is it just extra?
0: I think it's just, I think it's just, like, wearing a glove, you know? Like, it's just to hide what's underneath, yeah. so... But they didn't really bring that back up or anything like because in the second one, he like cuts off his arm to show that he's a Terminator. Yeah. And I
1: love then... the glove scene.
0: Loved it. <laughs> Dude, that still makes me cringe, even even as an adult. Like, I remember watching that when I was like a young teenager and I like literally like cro- like fell out of my skin just, you know, just watching that. But yeah. Anyway, we've been talking about Terminator for a good minute here. <laughs> um, yeah.
1: Well, because it is one of my favorite properties.
0: That's not a bad thing, though, man. I would love to do an episode on Terminator sometime. That'd be far out.
1: I, if you ever want another guest, we're talking about Terminator. Hell yeah, buddy. You're coming back. Talk about. You're coming back, my man. Because, yeah, Yeah. I've
0: done, I've done, we've done episodes in the past just talking about movies and everything. But I want to talk about kind of like the science behind it more, you know, because like the plot itself, like anyone can watch it and have a grand old time. But I want to get kind of like, you know, to discuss some conspiracy or some theories on that.
1: (sighs) Okay,
0: okay. All right. So anyway, um, your commission work, you have a lot of great commission work on Etsy and everything. Um, so between, yeah, see so you had like the three there of being like the, you do Dungeons and Dragons characters, pet portraits yeah. and fan art. What's like out of that? What do you usually get the most out of?
1: The most lucrative is the pet portraits.
0: Okay. You get um, a lot of those? Yeah. Uh.
1: Well, so this has been like a hard year because I yeah. would go to the best weekend I ever had was a dog agility show. Oh, I just went in person and just brought some samples, set up a little booth. And then I would just take commissions all day long. And that was probably, that's like one of the things that I super miss about getting out is yeah in-person interactions with customers. Cause that it's so hard online. It's really. Yeah, dude. Like, I don't know. I don't have, whatever that you know internet savvy is to just reach out and talk to people easily but if i see them face to face it's just it works for me
0: yeah man so like with that would you just um you just like charge cash right there or whatever and then you would just like sketch their their dog right there or their cat or whoever
1: well if they wanted something more uh because sometimes those will take me i'll take a few days on them yeah two hours at a time um they just give me their, their information, they pay for it, and uh, I mail it out.
0: Yeah, man. So, like, but at the, um, when you were doing the booth, like, I would take that that was uh, pre-COVID and everything. Yeah. Like, um. so were you, like, when you were at the booth, did you do, like, a like a caricature type deal where they just, like, look at the that dog? Was, and...
1: Yeah, that was one of my less expensive options.
0: Right on, man. That's really cool, though.
1: Because um, I didn't, didn't want to, like, there are people that don't have the money but want the thing, so I, I always try to I don't like that pretentious idea of art that it has to be expensive. Yeah. So I try to make their their options for art for everyone.
0: <laughs> so you like bargain with them, be like, all right, I'll, I'll do 10. they like 5 they're like six, and like deal.
1: <laughs> oh, uh, we don't haggle, but yeah. I, I, I gave options. A reasonable I gotcha. option. And when it comes to their dog, people pay anything.
0: So. Oh yeah, dude. That's for, that's definitely for sure. Um. Yeah. So have you ever, like when you've done a commission, you don't have to point fingers or anything, but have you ever done a commission for a like pet and you like get the picture and you are like, "Whoa, that's a that's an ugly cat" or well, "That's an ugly dog," and you kind of like embellish it a little bit, you know? Oh, kind of. Everyone,
1: everyone, every portrait is the best version. Okay, great. The people are always the best version. Yeah, but not without losing the the sense of them. Yeah, I man. never go for a, a photorealism.
0: No, no, yeah, because you definitely see, um, just like what you had listed for your uh, samples on, I think it, was, yeah, it was Etsy. Um, you kind of have like, you know, your own style with, you know, doing that pet portrait. Yeah. So, and you had, you had one of your own, um, was it your dog Pepper? Was that? Yep. Yeah, man. That was a great one. That was a great sure. portrait of your dog. Thank you.
1: that was, that one's a Christmas, that was a Christmas gift for my wife.
0: Oh dude, that's really sweet. I like that, man. Um, so you do Dungeons and Dragons characters. Do you yourself play Dungeons
1: and Dragons? Uh, yes. I'm in a game right now that I've been trying to kill my character for a <laughs> long time. I want to, like, I've got a new character set up, but the uh, DM won't let me die. Right Damn. <laughs> you're but literally yeah. on a suicidal um, quest to get rid of yeah. this character. I mean, I just run in with my sword every time and it won't happen. But yeah, so I, I've run a couple games. Uh, the best games I've ever had were with some friends years ago. It's It's hard to find the right, the perfect people to play with. I feel like once you play that really good game, you're always chasing that high.
0: Oh yeah. I feel you there. So what's your, what's your, um, like your chosen class or what do you kind of like gravitate towards? Or do you just kind of like I to
1: always go low-powered human? Okay. Almost always like, it's like right now I'm this ranger that just is like a murder hobo. <laughs> um, I love that. <laughs> and, like more than once I've like just killed a bad guy with a crit, not even meaning to being like, maybe I'll get killed this time. Yeah. And so I'm, I end up being like the fight finisher
0: often. So you just you're so lucky that you just like each time you go into a game, you this is like you're a total hobo daredevil by just like being like, yeah, yeah I don't well, care, like, put me put me at and the then front. One,
1: I got and then one time where I did die, I got plot armored. Oh, like,
0: <laughs> dude, that sounds like a crazy game though. It's uh, been it forever. Or it's been forever since that because I I've relocated and everything, so I can't really yeah. play. know but that that sounds like a lot of fun we used
1: to do in person and now we're yeah, we're we're doing the roll 20.
0: yeah i feel like a lot of different people have kind of had to they probably do what we're doing now with like zoom call dungeons and dragons
1: yeah well that's what i ran one for i ran a quick game for a friend for her birthday she had been playing she wanted to play for a while and uh her husband set up a uh an impromptu thing so i generated characters and everything and okay and a game like that on roll 20 so it it works it's just uh i don't know it's hard without i'm struggling with covid because of the internet
0: yeah man i feel yeah and i feel like a lot of people have just definitely been hit with this because i'm i'm definitely the type of person too that likes to get out kind of have that personal interaction but then when you're having to you're having to like you know stay inside all the time it's it's very discouraging so Yeah. yeah man but anyway so let's play as i like to do with a lot of guests i always like to hit them with a game show here so we're going to play the super personal question game show that's right ladies and gentlemen no prizes no rules just i ask a bunch of personal questions to the guests so here we go ross so all right when you when you uh so first question here question number one when you brush your teeth do you start with your back teeth or do you start with your front teeth
1: i start Inner left side top molars.
0: Okay, yeah. So you're you're a back person.
1: You start, yeah. You start, yeah. Go, I go top all the way around, bottom all the way around in the opposite direction.
0: Okay, so you have a strategy there of kind of like you know making sure each one is hit. I know a lot of. I've never met someone who has always started at the front. I feel like that's the sign of a serial killer if they start with the front two teeth.
1: I think that's how children think you're supposed to brush. Like you get the front done, (laughs) it doesn't matter. And then you go get your first cavity drilled out. And then you're like, I got to take care of these things.
0: Like, Damn, these things hurt. I can't yeah. keep doing this.
1: <laughs> um, I had a slight bout of gum disease once Oof. years ago. And that's why I focus on that gum line. It's very important.
0: I don't blame you, man. I'll say this. I got to knock on wood. I don't think I have any wood in this closet there. all right yeah so but i've never had a cavity yeah so I've, that's amazing
1: I've made,
0: yeah i've made it through my entire life cavity free as soon as i say that though i'm probably gonna like end up getting myself a cavity so
1: no you keep it up you just don't change and you you got it
0: yeah, I always get big praise when I go to the dentist. They're like, Wow, you're amazing. You you've you've always brushed your teeth, you always floss.
1: I'm like, Oh, hey, I baby. love getting the dentist that just strokes your ego. You yeah, I one guess
0: one. so. I I need to go to one that needs to break me down a little bit, be like, Ugh, this looks like shit. This like, oh you stink, man. My
1: wife spent some time in Germany. She said German dentists are very cruel and will make you bleed. Oh. No They'll just tear you up. <laughs> And then they'll, anytime you are bleeding that they cause, they'll tell yeah. you that it's because you're doing a poor job.
0: Oh my God. So, like, they would literally just, like, you know, like cut a line in your gum and be like,
1: oh, look at here. You aren't flossing enough. Pretty much. Yeah. It's there. They're very. <laughs> oh poor.
0: man. That's cruel. I got to, I mean, I, I would love to go to Germany, but I don't want to go get dentistry work in Germany. So, thanks they, for the tip.
1: Well, she said they're very thorough, but they're very, uh, very hard.
0: So, they're um, hardcore yeah. dentistry over there. I can dig yeah. it. So next off, you you get no points. We're not doing points or anything for that, but good answer. Next question, Uh, question two. I don't have sound effects. Um, When you fart, do you announce or warn others within proximity or you just let it fly?
1: I let it fly. Okay. If it doesn't smell, it's not a big deal. If someone does, I pass up.
0: See, I can't, I don't know, man. Uh, It's always always a shit shoot when you, you know, if it's going to smell or not. So I, I had to stop going around like anytime I was in public, to going up to each person and whispering in their ear, "Hey, I'm 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 about to fart." <laughs> so,
1: yeah,
0: I thought it was polite, but then it really I really started getting some looks. So <laughs> anyway, so you're a daredevil when it comes to farting. I, I can get I can I can get down with that. All right, so which which do you, in your opinion, question three? Blah blah blah. Which is worse, fingernails or toenails?
1: Uh, that could mean
0: anything. You can I interpret heard... that in any way you would like.
1: All right. Toenails. Okay. I've had an ingrown toenail. I don't see why we have toenails. Uh, if I could have them removed, I would. <laughs> I
0: heard, yeah, dude, I heard that um, that it's like for traction, but I've never used my toenails for traction in any way.
1: I. I guess maybe what to like, I don't I think that's what your bones are for. I don't You're know. Just, yeah. I just wear shoes.
0: There you go. I think it's just an evolutionary error or something, you know? Like we just well, fingernails If make We had
1: sense. monkey hands still for feet then maybe uh, but you know, we're just past that.
0: I would love to have that though. Uh, if, I,
1: if, although if I could have a hoof? Yeah. I would do that. A hoof. And, uh, have it professionally shooed. That would be <laughs> nice. <none.
0: laughs> so you mean like you mean like get going and like to like get a horseshoe done or whatever. Yeah,
1: yeah. there was like, instead of like a haircut, you go and get your, you get reshoot every six months, every six weeks.
0: <laughs> He's like, ooh, that's a shiny shoe you got there, my man. He's just yeah. like, oh, thank you. And you're clip clopping uh, all over the place. So yeah, wait. I
1: mean, but like Nike could make them. They could have cool treads on them. I don't know.
0: Get Adidas horseshoes. I, yes. I love that. So would you get like just one hoof or would you get both hoofed?
1: Oh, you got it. They come in pairs, I
0: think. Okay. I all agree. right. Yeah. So I was going to say, if you just have one hoof, that would sound very odd. The way you'd walk, yeah. you'd be like, clop, flap, clop, flap.
1: I think that's just a peg leg then. I
0: guess so. I mean, <laughs> can you, can you shoe a peg leg? Yeah.
1: yeah, that's
0: All right. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense to me. So, all right. So that was a good one. Oh, oh, oh yeah. I mean, and also too ingrown toenails, I've had two of them. So I have like two square toe, like one on each foot. I have two square toenails. So
1: oh yeah, They're nice little
0: fun definitely. fact there for everyone. All right, next off, question. What is that? Four. Are you left handed or right handed? Right handed. Okay. So you're not, you're not, what's up with that, man? Do you know any like history behind why, like, they say left handed people are the devil's minions?
1: Uh, I think it's because in Latin, left was the word sinister. Oh. My dad is left handed. Uh, he seems to be fine. <laughs> um, I okay. to church and stuff, so I guess you know maybe he's just hedging his bets. <laughs> I've
0: tried to um when I was younger, I tried to make myself ambidextrous by like trying to write with my left hand to see if I could yeah. get the muscle memory down. It went horribly. So <laughs> all right. Yeah, I admire anyone that's able to do both both sides. All right. Last last question. This is this is the daily double. Okay. <laughs> For zero points, uh, who's your twenty twenty one Super Bowl prediction?
1: Oh, uh, the New York Yankees.
0: Bitchin', man. I was gonna say the the Lakers. Okay. Yeah the the Lakers are a shoe in this year.
1: I haven't actually. I haven't followed anything. I used to work uh, at a a convenience store. Yeah. Um, it was twenty four hours, and I almost always worked Sunday, and we would get people. Super Bowl Sunday come in to buy beer and they would always tell me oh it's so terrible that you have to work tonight and my response was that I just don't really like baseball (laughs) (laughs) and the 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 daggers that would be stared at me yeah man people didn't people didn't like that
0: yeah you you don't you're no you're not kidding like when it comes to like any type of sport like any diehard fan they take that like to the grave like they take it so seriously sometimes and if you're not like with them you're against them
1: yeah so well it's true i'm against all organized sport
0: you're not a sport man you don't like sport no no,
1: i I appreciate sports i was never gifted athletically
0: now yes same here
1: So it's, so it's just not a, you know, I I like to work out but I'm not a sports person. So, you know, that's just kind of how it is and it's fine. And uh yeah, never played.
0: Yeah, I feel you, man. I, I I did the um when I was when I was just a sprout when I would like do like the the little league baseball oh, yeah. or t-ball yeah. or whatever. I was yeah, I one got... of those kids in the field that was just like picking up like like tufts of grass and just throwing it everywhere and everything. <laughs> so
1: like just stand out in right field where no one hits anything.
0: Yeah, just stay
1: stay out there
0: and don't take your glove off. Actually, look like you're interested in what you're doing. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so. And then uh and then one twice a game, you're gonna go up there and you're gonna hit the ball and someone's gonna catch it, and then that's it. You did it. Yeah, and
0: everyone's gonna cheer, and you're gonna think they're cheering for you. But get out there, kid.
1: Yeah, that
0: it was that and what what else? Little league soccer. They like I always like was on goalie. Which was like the worst place <laughs> to put me because I would just stand there and like let everything get past me. I was terrible. I
1: wanted, yeah, I was mad at you.
0: Yeah, man. I, I I wasn't destined for the a career in soccer or any type of sport for that matter. So, but yeah, man. Um, that's the that's all the super personal questions I got. In fact, that's like everything that I got.
1: <laughs> oh, that yeah, that was great.
0: Yeah, dude. So yeah, that was, uh, that was pretty much it. Is there anything that you would like, um, that you got in the works right now or anything that you want to like promote?
1: Oh, I mean, you can always check out my, uh, my work at robot underscore handsome on Instagram. Yes. And, uh, I have an Etsy shop everything's linked off with that. And, yeah. Um, let's see my biggest project that I'm thinking that I'm kind of working on. I have a few pages roughed out is uh-huh. a, a saga inspired by my experience in lockdown called couch world oh and like it all that. takes place in the uh alternate dimension that exists within my sofa where things get lost
0: so it's like coins and chip crumbs yeah
1: and little yeah. And that, and yeah and then the the the, des- the 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 people that live within the couch are the potatoes and they worship television so literal couch
0: potatoes then
1: yes yeah is
0: it like a cult type deal or what's what's going yeah, on they there? just
1: worship television okay like it's just the thing like that everyone worships
0: so like the sun god type of thing yeah, where it's just like
1: exactly <laughs> so the the whole premise starts off i kind of want this to be maybe like a little web y sort of thing yeah where uh the remote falls into the cushions. Um, I try to reach for it and am confused by how much space there is in there, and then I fall in with the cushions.
0: Okay, so you you become a part of this couch world then, yeah. And kind of like you know embark on this journey through the the world that lives within your couch.
1: Yes, exactly. Dude, I love
0: that. That's some Alice in Wonderland stuff there.
1: Yeah. So we'll see if it uh, if it ever material materializes. There's some sketches I think uh, hidden in my in uh, my feed okay Something when like you
0: that. um so you're doing like a web comment type deal is there going to be a place that you're going to be like featuring that at?
1: oh i have a website where actually otoxa is right now and yeah general. ross hayes design uh, ross ross hayes design.com right on um and maybe it'll be there um but it's not it's just one of those it's a patching project so it'll come out when yeah. it
0: happens no yeah and that's that's the best part of art is it should never be rushed um and it should never be one of those things where you know because I feel like if it is, it takes all the love out of it. And you can definitely yeah. tell as, as like, you know, as someone who takes it in. So just to kind of like wrap things up here uh, for anyone that's like, you know, an, an aspiring artist or anyone that's like trying to, to carve out a career in art. What would be like some tips or kind of like some words that you'd like to say to those people?
1: Um, the Internet is pretend. So it's OK if people don't follow you. There you go. Um, don't stop trying to be better. Always, okay. but don't beat yourself up. Okay, and uh, it's okay to copy people you like as long as you give them credit.
0: Yeah, that's about it.
1: Okay, let keep doing it.
0: That's that's some good words of wisdom, man. I can definitely dig it. So, Ross, I just want to say a super big thank you. I was I probably gave you a big old thank you when you first when you first got on this call and everything. Yeah. But dude, seriously, this this means a lot to come on the show. Um, and hopefully we'll have you back talk about some terminator and whatnot um but yeah man uh listener i hope you enjoyed this episode if you listened this long uh big thanks to you um yeah man and if you want to help out the show or whatever you can drop a like or a rating on whatever you can Uh, i know that apple podcasts they have one of the ones they have a weird algorithm there if you want to drop five stars or how many stars you think we i deserve and just write a little review it could be i love ross hayes I'm going to find him. Andrew put me in a saw trap. It could be anything, man. So it just kind of helps with that weird algorithm on there. Um, but again, appreciate your time, listener. Good listening on you. Ross, do you have any words to send off?
1: Uh, No, I'm good. All right. <laughs> That's sorry.
0: excellent, man. The... <laughs> All right. Bye, listener. All right.